Well, good morning, family. Good morning. Good to see you guys. If you would grab your Bibles, go ahead and open up your Bible to John chapter 10. And while you're turning to uh, the Gospel of John, I just want to thank Scott again for teaching us uh, last week how to maintain unity at Crossway by not... Go ahead, yeah. We're not thinking so highly of ourselves, but thinking about the interests of others. It's a, it's a really important message for us to not just here, but to be practicing, I think, um, me in particular. So thank you for that, Scott. Uh, we're jumping back in our series this morning called, Is He Worthy? And we're answering that question by looking at seven uh, radical statements that Jesus made about himself. Today, Jesus says, I am the door. I am the door. And uh, I believe this morning we're going to read together the scripture. Is that right, John? We're going to read the scriptures together. If you, would, if you would stand for the reading of the scripture. Together. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all, all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Thank you, God, for speaking a durable, reliable word to us today. Help us listen to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. No matter who we are, we are all searching for God, however we may define or understand God. Even those that do not believe in a monotheistic creator God are still searching for him just by another name, by another title. Well, maybe it's a, the infinite or the unknown or the transcended or real life or maybe just purpose. These are all just us ways that we're searching for God. Jim Morrison was the lead singer for the psychedelic rock band The Doors. 
And uh, they picked that name on purpose, by the way. They picked that name in particular because that really was a summation of Morrison's philosophy of life. One of his most famous quotes is this, quote, There are things known and things unknown and in between are the doors. While Morrison rejected organized religion, he he did not believe in an almighty personal God. He did believe that there was something more to life. He believed that there was something out there beyond us. He preached through his music that we had to, quote, break on through to the other side to get to the infinite or the unknown or whatever that good life is. We had to go through various doors to enter into that reality because that's where the real, that's where the ultimate life was waiting for us. And for Jim Morrison, three of the biggest doors that gave people access to good life, the ultimate life, was drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Jim died of a drug overdose in Paris, France, on July 3rd, 1971. You know, he was only 27 years old. And he really did live by that philosophy of life. Listen, for all that Morrison got wrong, you know what? He, he got this one thing absolutely right. When it comes to actually finding God, when it comes to actually finding life, doors determine destiny. Doors determine destiny. And you know what's interesting? Jesus believed the same thing. When it comes to finding God, who is nothing less than ultimate life itself, our door determines our destiny. Our door determines our destiny. In the passage that is before us this morning, Jesus boldly proclaims, I am the door. And then he goes on to lay before us the false doors to God, the true door to God, and an invitation to the true door. That's what I want to talk about this morning. First of all, all false doors lead to destruction. All false doors lead to destruction. Let's go to verse 8 here. Jesus says, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Then go to verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. There's one thing that uh, we like in our modern uh, American culture. It's options. Can the church say amen, right? Like we love having lots of options, right? We prize having multiple options that we can pick and choose from, even when most of those options are like, like really bad options. We still just like, I just want options. That's what we value. That's why most of us still keep a Netflix account open. Let's be honest. Tons of movies that are really dated or they're poor quality stories or poor quality cinematography. And we don't really have an interest in watching any of them. But hey, at least we have 200 bad options to pick from at, at the touch of our finger. Right? And why? All those options give us a feeling. It feels empowering. I've got power. I can choose all these 
options, we think maybe, just maybe, if I click on one more genre, maybe, just maybe, if I scroll a little bit longer, if I look just 30 seconds longer, I just might find a good movie in there. I might find a real gem that I like. Friends, you and I have nearly an unlimited desire to keep looking at bad options. It's true. It's true. Jesus says that all the supposed doors to God, all the choices you think that you have for spiritual leaders, all the choices you think you have to inner peace or religious experiences, they're, they're all really the same door. They're all the same door. It doesn't matter that they come with updated categories or wear updated clothing or they got an updated logo or they use updated slang because they all open up to the same place, Jesus says. Robbery. Stealing life from you and me. And just to be clear, when Jesus says all who come be, has come before me are thieves and robbers, he's not talking about Moses, right? He's not talking about King David. He's not talking about John the Baptist. They all truly pointed people to God and his promised Messiah. Jesus says actually just a few chapters earlier that those spiritual leaders bore witness to him. And they sought to actually prepare people for his coming. John 5, 46, Jesus says, If you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. Jesus is talking about imposters. He's talking about pretenders that came before him or, even, or and were going to come after him. In the very immediate context of his audience, he's referring to the Pharisees. There, there's not like a page break between chapter 9 and chapter 10. He's talking about the Pharisees. They're like, are you talking about us? And Jesus is like, well, yeah, since you asked, I am. The Pharisees, they considered themselves the religious gatekeepers to God for the Jews. This is the door of religion, family. See, the Pharisees, they wanted to return the Jews to obeying God's word, which, by the way, is not a bad idea. Okay? Let's get that straight. That's not a bad idea. See, in their mind, Israel suffered exile and they were then suffering Roman occupation because of their disobedience to God, disobedience to that covenant, book of Judges, anyone? Right? They kind of had some evidence of this. And so what they were doing is, look, here's how we're going to have peace. They emphasize obeying God's word and they emphasize personal purity, being a pure moral person before God. So Pharisees were constantly interpreting the scriptures for the common folk, and they told the Jews how to practically, practically apply the scripture to their life. I mean, we like practical application, right? That's what they were doing. But what ended up happening over time was that all their interpretations of scripture, all their applications started to pile up and pile up, and they got written down, and they, they, they turned into this big collection that became just as authoritative as Scripture. They would go to what they said and how they interpreted it to help them understand the Scripture. John 5, 39 and 40, Jesus says to the Pharisees, look, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to 
come to me that you might have eternal life. So people were pointing to what the Pharisees believed about Scripture instead of a belief in God himself and his promise to make us part of his people, make us his own. The Pharisees had made themselves as important to God. So if you wanted to know God, then you need to follow all their practical applications of the word of God. And the Pharisees prided themselves on how many people followed their interpretation of Scripture, how many people that they kind of had evangelized into their group. And that had turned into like this big collection of writings. And Jesus denounces them for setting themselves up as the door to God instead of humbly manning the gate. These doorkeepers to God were actually shutting the door on the sheep so they couldn't get home. And Jesus is denouncing them for that. This is what religion does. It doesn't matter what religion you're talking about. They all do this. Follow these rules completely. Perform these acts of kindness for other people regularly. Maintain this diet vigilantly. Visit these holy places or special places. Say this mantra regularly and you will have access to God. You will become acceptable to God and you will know God and it will change your life. That's the door of religion. But when Jesus uses that phrase, thieves and robbers, he's including more than just religious leaders. That's the immediate context, but there's some other contexts as well. Jesus is talking about revolutionary leaders as well, which were prevalent in that time. There were what is called messianic pretenders during the days of Jesus Christ. The historian Josephus records who some of these leaders were, as well as the book of Acts, actually, if you go to Acts. Messianic pretenders were not part of the religious establishment. I mean, for them, life did not lie in organized religion. They didn't want to have anything to do with organized religion. These revolutionaries promised freedom from Roman occupation, not through obedience, but through disobedience. Disobedience. These charismatic leaders had these great personalities. They would claim to have a direct, divine, mystical word from God, and they would gather people around them, and they go, yeah, that sounds right. They get all worked up. Yeah, that sounds right. That, that resonates with me. Oftentimes, they would lead them out into the wilderness because that's where God would meet people. He'd meet them out in the wilderness. They'd take them out of the city, take them out alone into the wilderness. So they'd take this group of people, and they'd go live out there until they heard more from God. Some others, they would lead people actually into armed conflict with the Roman government in hopes that the bloodshed would force God to act, to defend them, and that would bring peace on earth. That would bring God's kingdom to earth. So we're going to force the hand of God as we die. God will say, stop, and he'll stop it. And that kind of makes a little bit sense. But here's what happened. You go back and you look at history. Each and every time, without exception, this ended in death, not only for these pretenders, these leaders, but also for all of their followers as well. These revolutionary leaders were actually thieves and robbers of life, not doors to life. And you know, you guys, you, know, you want to know something? This door's still around today. This door's still around today. 
Revolution, not religion. That's how we're going to gain real life. That's where we're going to find real life. Rebel against, rebelling against the rules, rebelling against the church, uh, against the uh, political establishment, being true to yourself, submitting to no one. That's where true freedom, that's where true life is to be found. Just look out for number one. That's a philosophy. That, that's where we're going to experience the divine. That's where we're going to experience the authentic self in its purest form. In the words of Jim Morrison, look, we just got to break on through to the other side. All this stuff's holding us back. But regardless of which false door we choose to walk through, they all lead to the same place. Death and destruction. I mean, to work hard against gaining access to God and ultimate life through moral purity, through religious activities that steals our energy, it kills our joy for God, and it leaves us crushed under the question of, look, have I done enough for God to gain life? You can't ever have an answer for that. But on the other hand, to work at blazing our own individual path to, to ultimate life, that's equally exhausting. It's equally exhausting. You know why? Because that depends on you and you alone. You're in charge of it, which also means you're to blame for it if you don't get it. I mean, if we haven't found lasting, ultimate joys because we didn't open up enough doors, we didn't try enough options, we didn't try enough experiences, we didn't ask enough questions, we didn't question enough things, we weren't true enough to ourselves, we too are crushed under the weight of the question, have I done enough for me to gain life? And you can't ever know that. Jesus tells us that whether we enter the religion door or the revolution door the outcome is the same robbery and death but the good news is that there is another door before us there is another door before us the true door leads to life the true door leads to life verse 9 jesus says i am the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he'll go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life. That's a purpose clause. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, Jesus says. See, the overall picture, uh, this metaphor that Jesus is painting for us is one of sheep and shepherd and a sheepfold that's got a gate on it, like a door. And as we read through this figure of speech, we're going to talk more about this next week, but Jesus has no problem bending this metaphor as he goes through his little speech. He has no problem bending that metaphor as he sees fit in order to make whatever point he's wanting to make. And so this thing is just going to kind of bend as he goes along. I mean, is Jesus the shepherd of the sheep, verses 1 through 3? Or is he the gate to the sheep, the door to the sheep? The answer is yes. He is. Jesus is the door to his sheep that acts like a shepherd. In other words, Jesus cares for his sheep like a door on a sheepfold cares for the sheep that are in there. Those that come to Jesus will be saved. And they will go in 
and out and find pasture, he says. That means that those people, those that are his sheep, they'll live in safety and security in Christ. Nothing hinders their free movement in life. They are free. Nothing threatens their life. When the door is wide open, God's sheep can roam safely in security in total freedom. That whole field is ours. That's what he's saying. But when the door is shut for the night, God's sheep can sleep with safety and security. We actually can get rest when we go to sleep. Why? Because he's the door. He's shut it up. He's protecting us. Jesus also says they'll go in, out, go in and out and find pasture. Not only do God's sheep have security, but they also have provisions with him. Christ gives us access to the spiritual food, and the spiritual drink that we need to live eternally. This is an allusion to what God himself has always done for his people, both as the gate and the the shepherd. Psalm 23, Psalm 118, respectively. Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. Psalm 118 says, this is the gate of the Lord. I mean, this is the God door. The righteous shall enter through it. The righteous enter through the God door. That's what gate of the Lord means. Jesus plainly is saying that he has come to give us abundant life. And unlike all the other doors that you and I are currently trusting in right now, Jesus has not come to rob us of life. Jesus has come to give us life and give it to the maximum. Not like ration this thing out. I'm going to give you abundant life, he says. I'm generous with my life that I give. And it only comes through him. Christ is the door to abundant life, not a door to abundant life, he says. You know, back in Jesus' day, the sheepfold was often attached to the, to the side of the house. And so when the shepherd would bring his sheep back in from the pasture, he'd enter through the sheep gate, and then he'd go into his home. And the sheep gate and in the side of his house. To enter through the gate, to enter through the door of the sheep was to come home. It's to come home. Jesus is saying that the only way that you and I come home to God is through Him. He's the door to come home. The only way that we find ultimate life, abundant life, is through Him. You cannot jump the fence. You cannot sneak in another way. Jesus is the door to God's home, brothers and sisters. And this is the very invitation of Jesus to all of us that are here today. He makes this invitation to us. We need to come home through Jesus. We need to come home through Jesus. Verse 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. I want to answer two important questions for us here. Why can we trust that Jesus is the door that leads to abundant ultimate life? And, and, and then, like, how do we do that? How do we actually enter through Jesus? That sounds weird, right? So how do we do that? Well, first of all, why trust that Jesus is the door? Well, it's easy to claim 
that every other spiritual every other spiritual leader is a robber and is a butcher that just steals the sheep and destroys them. That's really easy for, for someone to say, right? That's how a lot of people gain their following in the first place, right? I can't trust them. You can't trust them. Just trust me. Is that what Jesus is doing? Is he just fear-mongering for the sake of fear-mongering and gathering a platform and gathering a following? I mean, how do we know that Jesus isn't just another selfish spiritual leader that he wants to use us for his benefit? Why should we trust his claim to have come to give us abundant life? Here's why. Look at what he said, and then look at what he did with his life. Look at what he said, and then look at what he did with his life. Jesus sacrificed his life so that you could have life. That's how we know. On the cross, Jesus was shut out from the presence of God so that you and I could be brought in as one of his own sheep. That's what he was doing at the cross. Jesus was denied access to the Father's soothing love so that we could know his love abundantly, maximally. When when Christ's soul was starving, he was denied access to the green pastures of his Father's presence so that we could eat our fill and be satisfied in the presence of God. That could be ours for sure, for real. Jesus was thrown out to the wolves. Jesus was thrown out to the thieves and the rock. What'd they do to his cloak? Didn't they gamble for it? Didn't they rob him of the only article of clothing that he had? That was Robbery! that was happening. He was thrown out to the robbers. He was thrown out to the wolves so that we could be forever secure within his door with God. And no one picks the lock. And he did that for you. He did that for me. Isn't that incredible? That's the gospel. Why can you trust that Jesus really is the only way to come home to God? Look at the cross and you'll find all your answers there. Look to the cross. Secondly, how do we come home to God? How do we come home through Jesus? Here's how. You need to believe that what he says is true for you. You need to believe that it's true, and you need to believe that it's true for you. Yes, you. You must take Jesus at his word and trust him. That means that you confess that you've been trying to get home to God in all the wrong ways. That's what it means to trust in Jesus Christ. You've been trying to sneak in the back door of religion. You've been trying to sneak in the back door of revolution and rebellion, but that has only led for destruction in your life. That's what it means to trust in Jesus Christ. To trust in Jesus means that you abandon all the other doors in search of abundant life. It means that you reckon them as as all as false doors because you believe that Jesus really is who he says he is. To come home to God, to enter eternal life, means that you trust all of yourself to all that you know of Jesus. You know what that means? It means you can stop trying to pave your own way. It means you get to rest. 
Isn't that wonderful? Let me ask you this question, brothers and sisters. Have you come home to abundant life through Jesus Christ alone? Be careful before you nod your head real quick. Have you come home to abundant life through Jesus Christ alone? Because he's the only door, right? Or are you still trying to come home through other doors in addition with him? Are you trusting your moral lifestyle to give you life right now? Are you trusting your varied spiritual experiences? Are you trusting in your acts of kindness that you show to so many people? Are you trusting in your resistance to authority or your resistance to organized religion to give you life? Are you trusting in your pursuit of pleasure to give you a real abundant life? They are false doors, all of them. They only steal, they only kill, they only destroy. You need to come home through Jesus. And you need to come home right now. Right now. Don't wait till you're ready. Come home now. You need to put your trust in Him alone. If you've never done that, you can do that today. You can talk with me or one of our elders. We wear these handy tags so you can know who's an elder. Come talk with us. We'd love to talk with you about that. Jesus says, if anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He'll go in and out and find pasture. Anyone included the Pharisees as well. Anyone includes the irreligious people that were standing there as well. Anyone includes you and me. If you have come home through Jesus alone, then praise God for that. You should thank him today with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind. Thank him for opening your eyes so that you can finally see the true door. Thank Him for showing you all the other false doors that you've been walking through. Thank Him by worshiping Him, by obeying Him. He's worthy. He is worthy of all this. Thank God. Here's another way you can thank God. You can thank God by sharing this with someone else, sharing this good news with someone else this week. Jesus is the door that, that, that leads to ultimate abundant life, and this door has been open to anyone. You can go in and out this week and find peace. Isn't that good news? Don't you love him? Doesn't that make you love him? <laughs> I know, I love him too. He's good. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you're so good to us. 
Thank you for all that you've done for us, all the work that you did for us so that we could come home to you. Thank you that you've, that you've made it. the door is clear. It's definitive. You say, it's here. I am the door. We don't have to go looking around for it. We don't have to make our own door. It's there. It's you. Help us put our trust in you. Lord Jesus, I pray because you love us, because you care of your sheep, show us where we're peeking through other doors. Show us where we're trying to walk in and out of other doors that only lead to death, only steal our peace, only steal our life. Shut them for us. Lock them up. Expose these false doors, these robbers, and these butchers. And show us again. Help us look to you. The door of life. Lead us. We need a leader like you. We love you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.